what's up guys adam here from aa for entrepreneurs obviously you're listening right now uh just wanted to throw a little quick intro on to this audio here this is from a panel from uh november 9th and 10th of this year at the harvest cup which is a uh a cannabis competition and expo super amazing event held every single year in the dcu center in worcester massachusetts I had the honor of uh, moderating a panel uh, discussion at Harvest Cup. The panel was being a publication in the cannabis industry. So we got to interview uh, a few people from the different cannabis magazines and it's it's packed full of good info. Uh, so please check this out. Subscribe if you enjoyed it. Tell your friends about it. We're definitely trying to grow the podcast. And thank you. Peace. Enjoy. All right. <laughs> well, hello. Thank you two for coming. And uh, hopefully the, the crowd is coming any second. I can feel it. Uh, can all your questions. Yes, hopefully we can answer all your questions. Try to keep them to a minimum, please. <laughs> my, my name is... Yeah, ask a million questions. These, this panel is amazing. Uh, my name is Adam Souza. I'm co-owner of Urban Acres, co-host of AA for Entrepreneurs. Uh, I really have nothing to do with magazine publications. I just really love these people and I'm really, I really admire what they do for the cannabis industry. So, you know, they reached out to me to be a moderator for the panel and I was more than excited to be on it. So welcome, uh, you know, our panelists, Christina, Leon, and Michael. I'm gonna let them introduce themselves a little better, but uh, that's me. So let's start with Christina if you wanna introduce yourself. Busted and uh, started, you know, a revenge magazine. But as time went on, um, decided to make it into a lifestyle magazine. So I rebranded as more of a household appropriate publication. And um, yeah, we've been going at it ever since. It was about seven years ago. So uh, yeah. Morning. My name is Michael Cusick. I'm the founder and publisher of Different Leaf, which is a new quarterly. Cannabis in Massachusetts uh, for the 50 plus crowd, and uh, particularly geared towards people who are integrating cannabis into their life for the first time um, or reintegrating it after being away for a long time and are taking advantage of legalization. So, um, uh, the editorial is the basics uh, and it focuses on sort of products. Um, profiles of people in the industry and how to use cannabis for whatever you want to use it for. So, and we're available um, in about 50 different um, newsstands and health food stores uh, around Massachusetts right now. Awesome. I'm Leon Drucker. I'm the publisher for Sensing Magazine. We're up a monthly magazine that's um, in multiple cities. Massive. 
soccer moms, I guess. Um, it really is a city lifestyle magazine that um, allows people that are still bothered by the stigma to have something that's informational, but also not just focused on uh, we, but focused in on more of what's cool to do in town um, and friendly, 420 friendly. Um, and so it's informational, but it really is, um, I really don't, I don't even like saying it's a cannabis magazine anymore because I think the focus is more mainstream. Um, I came on board about three years ago and really what I wanted to do is have a publication that was inclusive for the non-cannabis community so that they would understand that there's not two separate communities. And, you know, I think a lot of us are challenged when we identify as part of the cannabis community and really there's no such thing. It really is just people that um, are more comfortable or have used cannabis as a medicine. But everybody knows somebody in their family or a friend that, um, that uses cannabis. So it's really a way to um, get people feeling comfortable being able to have something on their coffee table even if their parents or grand, you know, their other relatives are there and, or their kids are there and they don't have to worry that they're just looking at a bunch of weed porn, if you will. <laughs> so that's kind of what we're trying to accomplish. Um, and, you know, as they say, move, move the new normal or create this new normal, which is, I, I don't know, I think that's a challenge for all publishers to kind of get our head around that. And I think inclusivity is probably the way to do it. So that's who I am. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the stigma is a huge problem within our community, and magazines are a huge way for us to, to break that stigma. And, you know, as, as three key players in the, in the cannabis magazine space, what are some major challenges that you guys have faced? So, um, you know, one of the biggest challenges, now uh, there, there's different categories for this, but one of the challenges is somebody that might be advertising it value for them. Somebody, our model is an advertising model. We don't sell the magazine, we distribute them freely. And so the way the magazine pays for itself is through ads. And if you have a small business and they want to advertise, it could be quite a strain on their budget when you're looking at $600,000 or $1,000 a month or more, and they want to see a return on that investment. is that an ad in a magazine is only part of an overall marketing campaign. You have to have a well-designed ad, and then you have to have all of the other components that enable you to build your sales through branding. And so you see some of these companies that, that are downstairs today, um, as an example, is the Healing Rose, but you all know her. Um, they, those guys have worked their asses off. Mm -hmm. It's all been guerrilla marketing. They just show up states, you have to run it by the commission to be able to have your ad approved like in Nevada, like we have 
I think the industry, I think everybody who's in the industry or has worked in the industry for a short period of time understands just how quickly uh, things change and the pace that everything moves. And so everyone, it's like being near a black hole where everything seems to be moving slowly, but to the outside world, it's moving very, very fast. Um, my particular focus um, on readership are people like brand new people. So my distribution model um, is we're, we're uh, for sale for a paid magazine, um, and is to have it in places. The challenge has been getting retailers who wouldn't normally carry a cannabis magazine to think about carrying one. And uh, I think it, I had some initial reluctance, but then very quickly, I think people really like the subject and are um, have a real desire for deep information. So um, slowly but surely, you're starting to see um, not only sort of big drugstore newsstands carrying cannabis magazines, but a lot of um, you know, independent bookstores and independent natural food stores are also seeing it as part of their business, probably because of the success of CBD. Mm -hmm. So now they're so uh, I think you know, keeping tabs and trying to project ahead where editorial is going to be is um, um, a big challenge. And then I think the other challenge is that everybody thinks print is dead, but that's annoyingly not true. <laughs> <laughs> print is a luxury item, that like you tell people. Um, and you want those people that take the time to read print, because those are the ones that are, you know, likely to purchase the product that they're at in the advertisement. I'd say for Emerald, one of our challenges, especially in the beginning, was we're coming from the Emerald Triangle, where at one point an underground study was done, and it said that 70% of the black market cannabis came from the Emerald Triangle. So coming from an area with a lot of knowledge, I really wanted to produce a business-to-consumer publication. But I always felt like we were premature because the market was getting started. There was a lot of entrepreneurs coming in. It was very B2B. So we had a hard time with advertising because we wanted to promote products instead, instead of uh, manufacturing equipment. Uh, but that's not what the industry was in California at that time. And it's, it's moved more so into that now. But you do come across the challenges. Is this company targeting children? Is everyone above 21? So that's another area that's, that we have experienced as well. Uh, we just recently moved our office to Brooklyn, and so New York is starting to come online. And so it's still very B2B, although we still are a B2C publication. So I, I'd say that that's something, you know, how do you get those advertisers, those, those businesses in the industry that have a marketing budget, that can't afford print, that can't afford video, that can't afford all these other types of marketing, uh, you know, but they want to reach the entrepreneurs, they want to reach, you know, uh, investment firms, and so, you know, we're kind of balancing uh, right now, you know, the consumer, because 15% of our readers are senior citizens, we know that they're coming to Emerald because print is an easy form for them to receive information, and they want to know what the industry looks like. You know, our content is really easy to understand, easy to digest, uh, content that anyone can understand, whether you're in the industry or you're coming into the industry, and so that's who we want to continue to target, but it's a little challenging because some of the, I, I don't want to say key players, but some of the larger companies in the industry 
Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like sometimes it's important to simplify, to educate. Like, the people that don't know anything about cannabis needs to be, like, ta- taught to them as if you're teaching it to a five-year-old almost because it's, like, foreign to them completely. You just want very, you know, digest, you want digestible content. Yes. Easy to navigate, you know. Not everyone knows what a dab is. Yes. <laughs> Well, speaking of education, how important do you think, what, what impact do you think uh, education has re- within the cannabis advancement? I mean, I think that's the only way that the industry can advance is to continue putting out uh, well-researched information. There's a lot of misinformation on the market, as mm-hmm. well as oil products on the market, and it's important that people understand what a certificate of analysis is, you know, a COA, and that they only purchase products that come with test results, otherwise, you know, There needs to be a lot more research done and funded and supported, um, and then that's the only way that we can grow together and as an industry. I think um, we were chatting before the panel, but um, Leafly's done some really great reporting, like really, really great journalism around the big man, and better than a lot of the mainstream media, which is, say, there, the mainstream media says vaping, which conflates illegal, uh, uh, illicit THC products, legal THC products, vape oil, jewels, teenagers' access to jewel, like everything, the mainstream media sort of lumps all of that into a story and is unable to sort of parse out all of the distinct things that vaping means to be able to explain to people what they should avoid so that they can be safe. And I think that the cannabis media, well, I think one of the one of the reasons it's a good thing that a, a, a cannabis-focused media exists is we understand the terms and can do the better reporting around stuff like that. And I think that's what's really important about education is um, uh, it's so new to so many people, and the major challenge, major channels of media are still contending with what even the terms mean and getting them right. And, yep. uh, so that's a real important to me. Perfect. Yeah. Um, so I heard you mentioned that you know people think print is dead, and magazines have definitely overcome some challenges and some changes, especially with digital in 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 everybody's face, basically at all times. Where do you see magazine publications going in the next, you know, two to five years? Um, uh, well, you, you said the magic word, which was luxury product. Um, but not luxury in like the like Louis Vuitton, Gucci <laughs> sense of luxury, but that, um, that um, highly specialized niche topic not gigantic Newsweek, Time Magazine levels of circulation, but smaller, targeted, with um, a high impact for the readership is what the magazine industry is gonna look like um, in the future. And it will be part of everyone's consumption. And it's, I think, incumbent on magazine creators to, um, it's incumbent on magazine to creators to create editorial that fits within a paper 
because that which is available online now sort of looks odd on paper. But there are close to a thousand new magazines launched in the United States every year, and the industry is far from dying. And those are all different topics of magazines, and there's been a huge surge just in cannabis. There are so many new cannabis titles out there that are really great, and I think the more of um, them are, the better for us. <laughs> uh, uh, no, I mean, I, according to like the Association of Magazine Media, they do studies every year, based out of Canada. Uh, magazines haven't tanked on popularity at all. Newspapers have, but magazines, you know, are seen, like I said, as like a luxury item. So it's, you know, something that you can really appreciate the person that takes time to either go out and buy one or to pick one up and sit down and read it, or they roll their joints on it. So it's, you know, to sell advertising, uh, businesses want to know demographics. They want to know who's reading the magazine so they can market them. Um, and the, the data that we get is generally going to be from people that are online because you can track that information. And it's more convenient and a lot of people are now used to um, their news source being <laughs> or whatever. So it is changing. Um, I know like um, you know, younger people that are, are like now 10, 12 years old that are getting their first iPhones. Um, and so we have to be aware that although uh, I agree that print is certainly far from dead, we need it to look like what they're seeing online as well. And so that's something that um, we're doing to create a cohesive look to everything. Um, and so section on uh, lifestyle, the section on food, the, the section on, you know, uh, you know, a technical story or about a business in our area that we like to write about for those people. So that's kind of one of the directions that you'll see print going in that it will be uh, cohesive with an online version as well. Mm, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. Now, um, you know, as a farmer, I can't help but to think about my impact, my carbon footprint when I'm, when I'm growing, whatever I'm doing with my plants, that's what I think about. And thinking about magazines, I think about the carbon footprint that they have, uh, you know, obviously printing on paper. Now, what are magazines doing to look into, you know, alternative ways of printing like hemp, for example? 
Uh, somebody asked me if we were going to print on him, and I don't think I've, I've never seen it. It's it's it hasn't hemp paper hasn't scaled up to a place where you can actually print twenty thousand magazines and not have them be forty seven dollars each. Mm. It's just not there just yet. Like uh, I mean, we use you know with our magazine we use recycled inks. Uh, we work with a printer that's really has really good environmental practices. Um, and now trying to find out. The big thing is trying to find uh, a biodegradable um, bag that they can be mailed in. Mm. That's the new quest every magazine person is looking for. So the, I think the industry itself broadly is looking at environmental stuff. And so it's easier for smaller publications like ours to kind of hop on that train. Yeah, I mean, it's challenging, especially if you want to have um, like a gloss stock paper, mm. you know, you need a heat, heat press for that, and um, we do try to communicate with our readers, you know, please recycle, we do recycle, but you know what, it's incredible, with magazines, I and mean, this is just a testament to their popularity, you see them around for years, you know, I mean, I rarely see, I would see newspapers in the trash or in the recycling bin, but I don't really see, I see magazines that, you need know, to go to a doctor's office and there's something there, from like, and the, the information is usually still relevant. You know, unless some new discoveries come about, so I'd say, like, you know, with Emerald, um, because of our location and just genuine curiosity that people um, both inside and outside the industry have about cannabis, you know, I'd say that at least our magazine isn't being thrown away. I, I, I feel very confident that it's being reused mm -hmm. and it's it's being kept around in the house. I mean, being in Humboldt County, I've actually been to a couple properties. I've seen, I mean, I've seen the, the magazine in the outhouse before, like, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I have seen it there, but I've seen, like, a five-year-old issue up on the hill, so, That's awesome. you know, so. Yeah, I always think being in the bathroom is high praise. <laughs> You're important enough for people to keep, to look at multiple times. Um, with my last magazine, uh, like, uh, differently, but we print on really, like, a very, uh, we print on a pretty high-quality stock. Um, we do a small run. Um, I had a previous arts magazine called Take that we did the same thing. And I think the highest praise was, well, I had a friend who has like the big glass modern house on Cape Cod, and she keeps it in her living room on their coffee table. And my, um, the guy who does my tattoos and his, um, and his wife get excited because they add it to the library on the top of the toilet tank. <laughs> and so I think that that's, that's the, you know, the versatility of, of print it's still attractive, um, and it, people do want them around if the content is, if the editorial is good. And part of that also is, you know, working with advertisers to give advertisers an environment that their ads will look good in, and then work with them so that the the ads um, uh, fit in the magazine. Mm -hmm. um, I was at a talk at a magazine conference and. You know, the thing about advertising with a magazine is, is it's, your ad is a plus one to the content. Like, it rides along with the content, and people look at the content and look at the ads at the same time. And that's one of the, the powerful things that magazines can do when they stick around. Yeah, social proof is so important for that, you know. Um, so, what are some of the biggest misunderstandings about magazines? 
said, I think one of the misconceptions about the ads and magazines and then also the industry, which we already kind of addressed, mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's not for the faint of heart, uh, that's for sure. Um, uh, it's, a, it's, a, um, it's a crazy business to be in. I think this is an interesting time. Um, I have to say that I, as, a, as sort of a new person on the block in this community, of, in, this, in this industry, and in this business in Massachusetts, I found it um, incredibly uh, welcoming and collaborative um, in a very interesting way. I think the more the merrier for magazines, and I'm sort of pleased to sort of share the Massachusetts market with two two other really great magazines. I think that bodes well for um, the people who read us um, uh, and for the businesses that want to work with us. Yeah, I mean, I think we're stronger together in numbers, and you know, I think some some people think we're all competitors back here, but we all have the same experiences, and so. Um, yeah, I, I do a partnership with Edibles Magazine, and uh, she's another, you know, uh, woman publisher, she's in the industry, and so, you know, we just, we band together, and we do expos, and we do uh, after parties for conventions and stuff mm -hmm. like that, and, um, you know, people would think that we're, we're competitors, we don't speak, and, and that's not true, I'm the people from Dope Magazine, I know them, um, you know, but the people from Culture Magazine, so maybe that's like a misconception. Yeah. You know. Also, it, it's, it was also hard like with distribution. You know, people would I would be like, hey, can we distribute the magazine here? And they'd be like, no, because we have to pay for it. And it's like, no, actually, it's supported by advertising. So I think there's an assumption that you know magazines are expensive and people don't want to buy them. And so um, that's something else that I come up against. So what's next? What's next for your companies specifically? Uh, well, uh, for Emerald specifically, we've been monthly for the last seven years. We we're going to go quarterly in 2020, but we're going to do more of a tabloid size, like a physically large print magazine uh, that's going to hit more on like art and culture. And uh, so that's like something that we're getting really excited for. Um, we also have done a lot of growth in the digital space this year, uh, videos, podcasts, um, daily content, newsletter. Uh, we're still gonna do a monthly digital issue, but uh, quarterly print issue. So we're just kind of growing and evolving with the industry and you know our business model is growing as well. And so that's what's up for us. Uh, next thing is get the third issue out. Um, <laughs> still working out the kinks of getting an issue, but um, looking at creating some consumer-focused events. 2020, um, and also uh, launching a companion um, podcast series to go along with the magazine. For since you were uh, integrating into a larger media group, so one of the things we're kind of 
types of events geared on everything from education to just you know an expo party. Um, so that's going to be part of it. We're also looking at integrating some other business units that will focus on other areas of the cannabis sector. So maybe a, a magazine that's geared on people that are working in cultivation that want to understand um, that. So it will be like an industry-specific type of a magazine. And then also I'm working with a group uh, that is developing streaming content. And so um, we're going to hopefully be able to package ads in print with ads on a streaming service as well to be able to offer more uh, value for um, partners that are looking to reach a, a larger group uh, for their business. So that's kind of exciting for me. Uh, I All I do is create content and I'm, I have a podcast. So hearing that you guys are, are jumping into the podcast game is, is really exciting. What, what, how are the magazines using that for, for growth, you know, using podcasts and content for growth? I think um, I think you have to meet your, your, your readers where they're at, you know, in that sense. The, your, the people who are interacting with the magazine, um, some of them may want uh, uh, your content in audio form, mm -hmm. you know. Um, uh, we're a print first publication, so we really encourage people to interact with our content in print form, and we're going to do audio. Um, I'm of the mind that it's impossible to make money with words online anymore, mm. unfortunately. So that's where I think the podcast medium is still very level for smaller independent publishers, such as ourselves. Yeah, I mean, we, we pretty much just take a look at like our analytics and determine like what readers really like to follow, and then from there we determine like how we're going to craft our podcast. So we have one uh, that we run that was you know a little more urban that people really liked. We had one that was more B two B, and that has you know I mean some episodes it depends on who the guest was you know also because you really want that like co branding yeah. co marketing that helps a lot if you're going to do a podcast to make sure that that also wants to promote it on their end. So uh, we still have more podcasts coming up. Um, you know, for myself, like being the publisher and, and going through, you know, all the steps in business, I'm launching, you know, a B2B show next year, which like, you know, women in the industry, you know, they run businesses, they might find that to be interesting. We'll see, you know, after we do some episodes, we'll, we'll, we'll look at the data and see like, is this something that they like? And mm -hmm. just try to grow with the audience so that's that's kind of, and that's you know our strategy for videos as well is uh, we basically you know create a bunch of content, cast a, a net out there, and then look at the look at the traction afterwards, and then work from there and be like, all right, they they like cocktail videos, they don't like cocktail videos, you know. So. <laughs> yeah, I think with uh, it's it's just about having the most content to be able to put out basically because it takes one piece of content to go viral and then things change forever basically. It's, it's definitely about quality. I mean, the, the name of the game now is, is to provide like really quality content. Um, it used to be, you know, even a couple of years ago, just like put something out now, 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 you know, yeah. and it's, it just doesn't work like that. So it's worth investing, you know, your time and effort into quality content uh, versus quick very interesting. But, uh, 
Yeah, I think that just about wraps it up. So if you could tell people where they could find you online, where they could find you on social media, and then we'll do Q&A if anybody has any. Uh, yeah, we're on all social platforms, the Emerald Magazine, uh, theemeraldmagazine.com. I have a couple hard copies up here if you guys want to grab one. And um, yeah, if you ever have a story idea, please reach out. Um, it's, different, uh, it's differentleaf.com. Did anybody have any questions for our panelists? Massachusetts, the hyper look, focus on Massachusetts right now is, is just getting the magazine to get its legs underneath it. And I, can, I understand Massachusetts, but I've been covering it as a journalist for a bunch of years. Um, I would like to obviously expand our coverage and circulation beyond Massachusetts, but I think just for the first year, it's a great way to see what editorial is working, um, kind of this control group, and then we'll see where it expands from. started in Humboldt County was, was great for, for the magazine because it was we're right in the you know the center of it all and so uh, to just focus on like content relevant relevant to not just Humboldt County but like the North Coast or the Emerald Triangle was a, was a great way to start and then as the industry grew we just naturally grew with it so we went from the Emerald to you know Southern California all throughout the state and I went through a printer in Washington, so we had Washington for a while, and then I was in Oregon for a minute. Um, 
Texas, for example. You know, mm -hmm. like I was raised in Texas, but like you, I, and I've given it a go with distribution, and like it just the bike wasn't there at the time. It might be there now. Um, now they've given out some licenses, but um, I mean, it's it's helpful to cover national content in regards to you know getting advertisers that would be interested in being seen in these new and emerging markets, and the fact that we have some sort of following there. So. Um, I mean, it's it's been a process, but I mean, it's does that really answer the question? Like, it, it's it's helpful to be able to cover such a wide, um, you know, arena of topics. So. You think it depends a lot on whatever the topic would be of your your magazine? Well, I know that online, um, people they like they like celebrity clickbait and they like the news. <laughs> like that, those are the two trending things that we have seen. Um, but then. In um, more longer form like profile stories on entrepreneurs in the industry or products on the market. You know, they want to see the lifestyle. So it's, you know, we're catering to two different audiences there. Um, you know, there are, we determined that 60% of the people that pick up the print magazine are women, whereas online, you know, 60% of the followers are men. So, you know, there's again that like B2B aspect and then that B2C aspect. So, um, Anybody else have any questions? All right. Well, give it up for our amazing panelists. <laughs> yeah. Thank you guys so much. This was amazing. And hopefully you enjoy the rest of your Sunday at Harvest Cup. Thank you.